everyone, I'm Ryan, and welcome to another wonderful episode of the Hufflecast. It's been great talking to you guys, and so, you know what? I'm going to talk about a movie that has been 13 years coming. It's been 13 years since the first one. This is actually a sequel. You guys know what I'm talking about. I'm talking about Finding Dory, which comes out today. What Finding Dory is, it's the sequel to Finding Nemo, for those of you guys who don't know. And if you haven't seen Finding Nemo, stop what you're doing Seriously, pause this, come back, and go watch Finding Nemo. It's an adorable, heartwarming story that's absolutely awesome and talks a lot about family. It's a Pixar movie. And then today, go see Finding Dory after you go see Finding Nemo. What else are we going to talk about besides Finding Dory? Well, the Pixar theory. Now, hear me out. There actually is a theory that combines all the Pixar movies. It says that every single Pixar movie is in the same universe. When I first heard this, it absolutely blew my mind. I just didn't understand it. What it is, it's picking up on the hints and references that Pixar makes in their previous movies and tries to tie them all together. The theory starts with The Good Dinosaur, which is one of the more recent movies that's been made by Disney Pixar, which is supposed to take place in the post-Crustaceous period. As you can see in the movie, if for those of you who have seen it, haven't seen it spoilers obviously for those who you who have you see dinosaurs and birds and creatures and stuff that are very very similar to kevin from the movie up this movie actually makes it so that the dinosaurs don't die in like a giant asteroid or whatever as scientists seem to think they died out more slowly and this shows that animals are intelligent like the animals in ratatouille and finding nemo so the next movie, which is one of the most crucial movies, is actually Brave, which is based in between the 14th and 15th centuries. Why this is so important is because Merida, who's the main character, she comes into contact with magic, and this magic turns animals into objects and her mom into a bear. Well, as we see in The Incredibles, which is the next movie according to this timeline, which would be between the 1950s and the 1960s, we see a self-serving AI in the giant Omnidroid. And we also see the beginning of the human extinction because the machines are rising. Why does the machine sound familiar? Because of the Matrix. If you guys have seen the Matrix, you know that the machines are the main antagonists throughout that series. And also what's important about the Incredibles is zero point energy. It's when Syndrome has the zero, he does that little finger thingy with that blue light and pauses people. That's actually called zero point energy. And that becomes as important as the magic does. Now hear me out, all of this will tie in, just keep listening. The next movie, which would be between 1997 and 1998, would be Toy Story. These are the first time that we see the first signs of inanimate objects coming to life, like the toys. And this would be a result of the zero-point energy, as I said, in The Incredibles. These toys are um, absorbing the radiation, and they're coming to life. 
Toy Story 2 would be the next movie in this timeline, which would be in 1999. Toys find purpose for their lives. That's why they come alive. They finally realize why they're here and what they're all doing. And you also see, especially when Jesse and stuff, the hate for humans and how much humans hurt the toys. Continuing on, the next movie would be Finding Nemo in 2003. This is, we see that the humans have been abusing the earth. They've been taking animals and kidnapping them and locking them in containers and testing on them. We also see that the animals are becoming very, very smart as hinted at in The Good Dinosaur. Animals also, as I said, are starting to hate humans. The next movie would be Ratatouille in 2007. Remy, who is the main rat, was a very human-like character. He had very human characteristics, like walking on two feet and the way he talked and the way he ate. And this is the first interaction we see directly between humans and animals. We also see that the animals are learning to control humans. The saddest thing is, the animals hate humans. As we see with Remy's family, is that they distrust humans and are worried about what they can do. Toy Story 3 would be based in 2010. As I said, all these dates aren't actually the publication years. These are the years that they think the movie would have taken place in a real-world timeline. Toy Story 3, you see that the toys are physically and mentally abused by humans. Lotso absolutely hates humans because of the emotional abuse that he's taken from them, and what he wants to do is protect his own, which is probably hinting at the eventual rebellion because keeping everyone safe. We see actually on Andy's board, he has a corkboard, a postcard from Carl and Ellie from the movie Up, and they write to Andy, and they're probably actually telling him that they're going into hiding because they can see the writing on the wall that something bad in either be the machines or the toys or something is going to go down. The next movie, 2015, Inside Out. Humans are batteries. Their emotions literally power things, and that's why children from Monsters Incorporated, that's why they have to scare children because of how unbalanced their emotions are. Next movie between 2011-2016 is Up. As we see, Carl is forced out of his home at the beginning of the movie. Well, actually, he makes his home fly away. But who forces him out? The company, by and large, which is continuously throughout this series. And it predicts the future of destroying the Earth because, by and large, does not protect the world. And Carl sees that the animals dislike humans when he lands down in South America because of what Charles Muntz has done, and just like the communication between the talking dogs and the humans. Also, the dog army that Charles Muntz has is the tipping point of the human-animal war. Now, you didn't see that coming, did you? I was just talking about machines and toys. Well, actually, as we look back, we see that humans have damaged the relationship, especially in Finding Dory and the good dinosaur. Humans have really, really damaged that relationship. And so now that we have talking animals, they come out and just attack humanity. Eventually, the sad thing is humans kind of lose, which happens in cars. Cars would be t between 2100 and 2200. When the animals rise up, the machines amazingly save the humans and the machines win the war and to save the humans the machines send them to space they send them on the by and large ship which is also, as i said important on the by and large ship called the axiom what happens to the rest of the machines that aren't on the axiom 
they go populate the world in the form of cars and different other machines. And then Cars 2 also follows that. We see that cars have fully populated the entire world. There are no humans, no matter what, because they go to Japan and they go to uh, Monaco. They go to different places in that movie. And we also see the problem, though, for the cars is that the world is at an energy crisis. The cars no longer have a good source of fuel. That's why they're trying to find all in all. All in all is actually a by and large subsidiary because of this they end up making the entire Earth unfit to live in, and that's why all the humans and even the cars die. So who's left? Who's the last living machine? Well, it's Wally. From 2800 to 2900, Wally is the last surviving machine. And why does he survive? Because of his fascination with human culture. No other machine is as fascinated with humans as he is. What we find out is the machines on the Axiom actually find a purpose in life in keeping humans alive. We see a shoe that becomes a tree at the end of the movie. Well, what does that mighty tree become? It becomes the tree of life in a bug's life. Bug's life would be between 2,898 and 3,000. And as I said, that tree that they live around, the tree of life, is the little plant from Wally. We now know that the bugs and animals have mutated genes from the experiments in Finding Nemo and from the destruction that by and large has created. When the bugs are talking, they talk about bigger animals, but you know what they don't really talk about is humans. We hear once that somebody got their wings picked off by humans, but as we know, humans actually do not populate that much of the world. They're in a very secluded area, as we see in Wally. -E. There's not that many people around. Monsters University would be between 4,500 and 5,000 years in the future. The radiation from by and large causes animals to mutate into monsters, so those super intelligent animals are now the same monsters that we see, and these monsters accidentally kill off all the humans from Wally -E because of their population. In Monsters Incorporated, we the machines realize that they need humans. The machines and the monsters realize that humans are a great power source as we see in the children, the unstable emotions. And so, very much like the Matrix, the machines create time travel to let monsters continue to survive. The machines and the monsters team up to continue living. So, that's actually not going to a different dimension whenever they open doors. They just go back in time. This is where we come to the most important character of all. It's the character from Monsters Incorporated. It's Boo. She becomes, after the movie, she becomes obsessed with finding Sully again. She wants to find her kitty. So she figures out how to time travel through the doors. And that's why this all makes sense. Because if she is the one, if she can time travel through these doors, then she's the little witch from Brave. And she figured out that she wanted to go back to the heart of magic, which is where this all started with the, how it affected animals and inanimate objects. She goes back all the way to that. And she's the little witch that Merida finds in the woods. Mind-blowing. But how, do you, how, do you, how would I know this? Because we see in her little shack, we see a carved image of Sully, and we also see the pizza truck from Toy Story, which combines all all of these movies together and boo is the reason why there are easter eggs to each other's movies all the pixar movies and other movies throughout the series that's just something for you guys to think about maybe maybe this theory is completely crazy i tend to think it's actually really awesome thank you for sitting through a super long episode of the Hufflecast. i'm ryan and i'll catch you guys all on the flip side i will look for you i will find you <laughs>